This song's called Florida. It's about one time when I was in Florida. It goes like this. <laughs> Selling merch while the headliner plays You and your friends came walking my way So perfect, I think you're fake This whole moment must be a mistake, oh yeah Looking at you, how you're looking at me I'm trying to see what you want from me Crazy boy, I love your style After the show we should hang for a while Cosmic dream Cashed in on a coastal flame Is this really everything? Every day Is a moment I can't waste Can you waste it on? Shop after close, we radiate within the corporate zone. Spinning records and drinking tea, feeling frantic in the energy. We talk about everything we feel. I asked you how it can feel so real. reflection in the mirror that you see I look at you you look right back at me cosmic dream cashed in on a coastal fling is this really everything every day is a moment I can't waste can you waste it could hold your hand I asked you if I could hold you close I asked you if I could kiss your cheek I asked you if we could run in the street cosmic dream 
cashed in on a coastal fling Is this really everything? Every day Is a moment I can't waste Can you waste it on a dream? Can you waste it on a to Musicians Talk. I'm here with Nashville native Nordista Freeze. He's been called the Cosmic Tom Petty by the Nashville scene and seems to be on the road constantly, but he's taken time out of his schedule to come talk with us for a little bit. Welcome, Nordista. An honor to be here. <laughs> Heather, thank you. So, born and raised, like truly born here, raised here. Truly born and raised, Nolensville Road. Nolensville Road. Yeah. Nice. When did you start playing? Um, started playing, started singing, like, before I can remember, but formed my first band in high school. Uh, I guess I started making albums in, like, seventh grade. Um, just, like, little mixtape things, weird electronic yeah. music and, uh, yeah, like, writing. I did a lot of, like, acapella looping vocals oh, gotcha. and writing, like, little... I guess little ditties, you know, is be what you call it. There's little like jingles and stuff, just like one minute long songs. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you gotta start somewhere and just little pieces here. And yeah, there. totally. I was really in- interested in like how harmonies worked uh, at a young age, coming from uh, raised on like a lot of '60s pop, and also raised in a uh, in a denomination of uh, Christianity that uh, doesn't practice uh instrumental worship yeah, so yeah. was raised by a, a song leader in like a congregation that only used voices so very much learned like how to sing and uh you know did choir my whole life so yeah yeah That's awesome <laughs> yeah especially at that point when you can't use instruments harmonies are especially important yeah just to like yeah totally create, yeah and it really builds like that confidence i guess you know um in, in like vocals and yeah I don't know I just learned the importance of it because vocals are really cool and to this day I still think like the voice is the most be- beautiful instrument um that's why I like the Beach Boys so much so mm. yeah yeah well I can hear that I can, especially in towards the end of Florida there yeah definitely <laughs> got some Beach Boys going on there thank you Heather <laughs> all right so big question are you a solo guy <clears throat> that tours with the band or is is like your band Nordista Freeze like that's a good question and one that I wasn't expecting to come across so much but it definitely needs clarity um, a lot of people refer to Nordista Freeze in the plural but it's just me that's it's just you. me that's my name I am Nordista Freeze I yeah and then I have people who play with me but some people pretty consistently but really nobody uh I mean, I, 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 nobody plays every sh- Nordista Free show except for me. You know, it's, okay. those guys uh, come and go a little bit. I mean, a lot of them, though, the guys, my A-team, are guys actually who I met, also like Nashville natives, um, most of them. And I met them playing Little League baseball, basketball. Uh, yeah. Nice. We met, like, in the suburbs. Like, we met, none of us have, like, parents who do music. You know, it's not, typically, like, in Nashville, if you're, 
in middle school or high school and you're doing music a lot of the time well not a lot of the time but it'd be very common when you're like playing gigs in high school to come across people who it's like oh yeah like my dad is the guitar player for this guy or like my dad is has a studio or is like a songwriter I mean pretty much every band that I can remember but we were just like kids who met playing baseball and basketball and soccer and we uh I don't know, we wanted to form a band, and so we did, and I, that band that we had in high school really, I guess, got me connected within the scene, you know, we played 200 shows in a couple of years, and just met a lot of guys, and really understood what it meant to, like, be a part of a scene in a community, and started Freeze Fest in high school, and yeah. carried on, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that, what is, what is Freeze Fest, exactly? Freeze Fest is just like a total... It's just a dream of mine. It's a dream. I'm super into, like, community and fellowship, whatever you want to call it, like, bringing people together to, uh, I really like, want, I like it when people can come into a room together, and uh, I, like, have visions of that a lot. I, I always, like, man, I wish we could all just, like, come together, you know, and I guess for me, after playing, started playing, like, 2012, and then, uh, I guess it was, April, I think it was late April, early May of 2015. It was the year I was grad, you know, I was like graduating high school. Shortly after that, I just put out my first, uh, quote unquote, studio debut. Meaning, yeah. we used like SM57s as opposed to my tape recorder. <laughs> but uh, like my first album is "Nobody's to Freeze," and the band, high school band, was breaking up, and I was like, man, you know, this is, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have like three day music festival just do like have four bands play each night and just kind of try to bring the scene together uh and i guess it was an attractive idea to more people than just me and people have really enjoyed how freeze fest could bring the community together and so we just kept doing it you know the next year i had 10 bands play each night and then the next year i had 120 bands play <laughs> <laughs> and then we just had one in april of this year freeze fest four and I was able to bring bands from across the region, which I guess was like the growing narrative was like to Freeze Fest 4 kind of grew outside of Nashville to being like uh, a DIY web of the like southeast or just like and Midwest region, having bands from across the way come. Because once you start like touring in a DIY format, you really, your community becomes greater than Nashville. It becomes people all, all everywhere you go, you meet them in their cities and they come and visit you in your city so yeah yeah it's exciting it's fun yeah totally. so uh where is where is freeze fest uh it's in your heart you know i don't know it can't be anywhere <laughs> Just depends yeah, yeah i mean i think uh the last two years it's been in a place called fat bites fat bites deli and bar they got really good food and they got a little stage in the corner but mainly they've got a, a big room the room is really big. And when you move all those chairs and tables, you can fit like three, four hundred people in there. And that's exactly what we did. And um, it was chaos for sure. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. <laughs> Bringing people together. All ages too, you know. Mm -hmm. Not just adults. Not just 18 up, you know. A lot of the people who come out are kids, which I think is cool. Tell us about outer space and how that impacts your music. I love the idea of just like, I don't know, I'm 
kind of get like visions like I said I, I, I see a lot of like it's weird although I make like a although my art is an audio format I feel a lot in like a visual format so I don't know yeah like a lot of times I like have these really strong visions and um, one thing I think about a lot is like on my album Space Travel that I put out in 2015 which I guess was the beginning of like a a cosmic era it like or at least an era of writing and with ideas of outer space um i had this song the song space travel on that album which is still on spotify and stuff for now at least says like it's a song i wrote when i was i'm sitting in a economics class senior year of high school and i was looking at the floor and i wrote down the words like peel the tiles off the floor uh, I can't remember it right now, but like, I basically like if you could peel the tiles and just jump into like outer space it was kind of this vision I had because I was just so bored and so tired. And I was like, man, I was like, all I want to do right now is just float on like a pillowy cloud and just like, you know, like this surreal, just kind of like surrealist idea. It, I don't actually like know much about outer space. I couldn't hold a conversation about the names of any type of star or any ideas I don't keep up with like NASA's Twitter feed but <laughs> I really do I think like the childlike idea of outer space the idea of this just like unearthly beautiful endless massive expanses I mean that is why I think that's why we all like space I mean I guess some people want to like move to Mars for the sake of because I think the earth is gonna die but for the most part i feel like the reason people like space is because it just has so much wonder to it and uh i don't know it's just it's kind of childlike in a way the way that we look yeah. at space is just like wow so in terms of the the visuals that you say you have does the, does the visual usually come first when you're writing or um the words come first and then visuals come afterwards or is like a mix or tell me about that i think for me personally I got to start with the feel, so um, I guess I don't have to have an instrument in my hand, but like I have to hear or feel some type of like rhythmic or melodic or just like texture that I can start with, and then from there it's like, well, what does this texture like evoke? Like, what type of feeling maybe am I dealing with right now that corresponds with that to that idea? And yeah, I really build it that way because I, I find it difficult to like. I mean, I do write a lot of, like, free verse and poetry, and sometimes I can go back to that and assign it, like, to a lyrical and melodic uh, idea. But for the most part, yeah, I like to just... I kind of do it all in one sitting, or at least yeah. start it all together, and then make a voice memo, or maybe in logic. Do you have tr ever have trouble putting words to your feelings? Like yeah, I do, especially if my feelings are too strong. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely it's not... I am dealing with a lot of stuff right now that I'm just getting to a point now where I'm like emotionally available enough to like dig deeper, you know, because at first it like hit too hard, you know, going through like a breakup or whatever, other things. You know, initially I, I can't just like go home and write about it that day normally, yeah. but I don't know, sometimes you can. It all it all depends and I'm tr I also don't really feel like I can speak too much although I've written like hundreds of songs and put out lots of albums I feel like I'm now in a place where I'm still 
kind of picking it up for the first time and being like, what does it even mean to write a song? I mean, I don't, I really have no idea. It's like a muscle that I haven't, but didn't get to flex that much in, since the last record I put out. I mean, even the last two to three years, I've written less than ever before. I've been on the road so much and I've been really turned into a little mogul of a dude, like trying to book my own tours and all of the, I mean, there's like 80 spinning plates and then like if they all spin at a perfect balance then you can like run over to a notepad and start scribbling <laughs> things down and that's not how I want to be though you know yeah. so I'm really inspired by artists like Captain Beefheart you know about Captain Beefheart I mean that guy I do he's awesome oh boy, he, he's, he was always making music <laughs> I heard he like would just like carry around a tape recorder and he would always just be like scribbling words down and just that's more of what I want to be like but we live in an age where you're independent and you book your own tours and you do your own this and that and it's like well I guess do I just create and create and create and hope that the people around me will respect me and take care of me and believe in me and carry me to success or do I do all those things on my own but then maybe I have less time to create but then what if I don't create and then I get worse at creating and create things that are boring and you know what I mean it's kind yeah. of a terrifying like thing to look at it's like what I really have no idea what the best thing to do is. I mean, I know there is no best, and it's subjective, but nonetheless, like, if I want to have a successful artistic career. You know, back in uh, May, I tried to, I told everyone that I was leaving, and I was going to play 100 shows in 100 days, and I wasn't going to come back until I toured the entire U.S. and Canada, or the entire U.S. and part of Canada, and came back 65 days later with negative $30 in my bank account, and I had made it to the West Coast and back. I'd played 65 shows in 65 days but I <laughs> hit zero and I was literally like I remember being somewhere in Ohio like playing on an acoustic guitar trying to make like five bucks to get like some Taco Bell and <laughs> I don't know I'd like really hit I guess rock bottom financially and had some friends talk some wisdom into me and convince me to come home and but I don't know, like, even then I was just so torn. I was driving home, and I was like, man, am I, am I like, just a fake? Like, why can't I finish this? Like, would Kerouac have finished this? Would Beefheart have finished this? You know what I mean? Like, those guys who just live it through and through. I wasn't sure if I was, like, I mean, I was definitely making a healthy decision, I think, mentally and physically to come home. But, like, if I had finished, would I have ushered in the revolution? You know? I don't know. Maybe I can do that better now. Now I, like, have a job. I don't know. It's, it's sustainable. But do I want to be sustainable? I just want to be out on the road forever. But the thing is, like, I know if I spend more time here and maybe, like, can finish this new album, maybe I can do something like Arlie. Like, I, I look at these guys who make art and it gets placed. It gets this, like, placement that allows them to, like, have this leverage that allows them to tour more. And that's my end goal. I could play 250 shows a year or more. Like, I'll live on the road. But right now, I'm, like, losing money every time I play a show. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just don't – and I definitely couldn't go with a band right now So, because I don't have anyone who would subscribe to that with me. So I don't know. It's difficult to figure out how to get there Yeah. from here. Definitely. I don't know. I guess I really want to drive home that you tour a lot. Like, <laughs> it's so impressive. Remember Thank right you, after I started following you, it was like, 
what? <laughs> it's like just all these like past events and like you've got a tour coming up and it's like this list of cities. Just how yeah. many shows do you think you've played in the last? I, just in 2018. Yeah, in 2017, I played 127 shows, and I'm pretty sure in 2018, I will have done the exact same number. I think it's like either 125 or 127. My goal for next year is 150. Um, yeah, I I love it. It's just so much fun. I love meeting people. I love performing it. So I hope I can. I mean, I'm gonna do it forever. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I saw on your website like you got this like house shows tab, and I clicked on. It, I was like, what is this? And it's like, book me for your house show. Now I'm kind of going back to my roots with that. I have a house show application on my website, and people can book me to come to their house when I'm in their region because I feel like that's super important. Uh, at the level of like DIY touring, you know, you're playing a lot of dive bars. You're going on pretty late at night, uh, pretty rough parts of town. There's there's a lot of unattractive qualities to it, especially if somebody might be my fan on the internet or maybe they're an old friend or some sort of connection. And they're not necessarily like in the scene. They're not somebody who wants to go to some weird, jank little venue and drink a PBR or do whatever, you know, like maybe they are just, maybe they're 30, maybe they have kids. I don't, so maybe they, yeah, it's just not their thing. And so I'm trying to find a way to like, but you know, like once you're at the point of like Arlie or whatever, and you're playing the Mercy Lounge, people can dig that, you know, it starts a little bit earlier. It's more comfortable. It's like well lit. <laughs> it's like security. Um, But until that point, like, or maybe I'll keep doing it then, but I want to like create spaces where anybody can feel comfortable and, and also, you know, uh, house shows are a good way for uh, a fan to become an advocate and show their music, show my music to their friends, you know, so if they really enjoy it. And they're like, yo, wouldn't it be cool if Freeze came to, you know, Tacoma, Washington? Yeah. And then they, like, hit me up. And they're like, hey, you know, I can bring 30 friends out and get you enough money to, like, get to the next city and eat. Then sweet, like, let's Perfect. do this, you know? That's so awesome. I guess that's my intention behind house shows and just another way to like keep to stay on the road as long as I can. Let's go ahead and do another song. Then... All right, cool. Yeah, I'd love to do another song. This is a new song. I wrote it uh, after going to an event with you. It's called <laughs> It's called Wisteria. <laughs> Thank you. 
hysteria Stars fly, flying by <laughs> But who needs a wish when All my dreams are here Everything's right Should we uh, should we talk a little bit about uh, wisteria? Yeah, we like, should for yeah. sure talk about wisteria. All right, so this that's where I met, or actually we didn't meet there. I don't think I don't know. It's just like so absorbed in everything that's going on at the festival that didn't. Yeah. Happen. But you you played for you play you opened for Arlie, and that was like wisteria was like their just child like of their creation. I guess. Do you wanna yeah. do you wanna take the reins on this and kind of <laughs> explain? wisteria to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> i feel like only truly nate and maybe the rest of the arlie cats can fully explain it as it was very i mean this was the first one it was in like past jackson tennessee like west tennessee i guess like two and a half hours maybe yeah, from here special place called dancy land dancy land <laughs> and uh like roll up everybody's wearing purple <laughs> like it's all about i guess the wisteria is like a flower i believe that's purple and uh it was just a lot of like music and art uh, creative things going on like i remember there was a guy with putting electric toothbrushes in like a swimming pool and making sounds out of it oh, I, that. I saw another guy ride by on a like analog synthesizer bicycle that was like making crazy noises and uh all sorts of yeah like interesting like art pieces happening and uh ultimately to conclude with arlie performing this like piece where they were all reading from these magical books and doing these interpretive dance moves that they got the entire crowd to do and like put us in a trance basically and then they played this banging set you know (laughs) they played all their hits so those guys are great and it was a really fun time and I know they're planning on doing it again, and I think as more people get on board, we're gonna really feel like we can fully understand what their vision was for it. <laughs> I I remember um, the description of like the festival. It's um, usually you have cults disguised as festivals of peace and love. Yeah. But this is a festival of peace and love disguised as a cult. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we're in totally. They were like. They were intersecting the ideas of like cult and culture and how those words mm. uh, deviate and how they coincide. And yeah, right. It was kind of like they were saying that a lot of culture is cult like. So instead, we're going to create something that's very cult like, but it's actually just a piece of culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. How many things have you done like that? Just like, I feel like that was a 
I don't know how to, when I described it to my friends, I was like, it was a house show, but it was like Bonnaroo house show. Like we all camped outside. Like, yeah, do, have right. you ever done anything like that? Uh, things like that are like kind of new to me. Yeah. Like getting asked to play like something that where you can like camp out. I got to play three, two other like festival type things this summer, but that's all pretty new. But, uh, yeah, like considering like, concerning like the creativity, like there were a lot of aspects that made, uh, Wisteria just completely unique. What was it like to start playing the shows in like, in Nashville, like at the East Room and the High Watt? Yeah, right. Um, Actually, I played the Mercy Lounge before I was old enough to get into any of those clubs. Are you serious? But it was a freak accident. But, uh, <laughs> like, they had, like, a band cancel, and then they, like, booked this band last minute, and then that band asked us to open for them. But, like, we, like, the way that we tour, especially, like, play a lot of venues that are, like, the final one on the list. <laughs> you know, they're, like, very, uh, I don't know, we deal with all sorts of craziness, and... So whenever we get a chance to play a venue that's, like, big and beautiful, it is totally an honor. Because we've never, like, opened up for a band on a tour or something. We've never, like... Because you kind of, when you do that, you get, like, a taste of, like, a bigger side of things before you actually are, can headline it yourself, you know, but... Do you have, like, a crazy story from one of your tours? Just, like, something super memorable or... Yeah, sure. I've got some... Yeah, every day is just a wild adventure. Here, here's one. Here's a simple antidote. Um, so we arrived in Houston this summer, and I got on this crazy bill. It was like two Astragal and Moth Wings. These two bands who like are from Houston, really good bands and established bands. And I convinced them. I was like, Hey, is there any way I could open up? You know, like I know it's just a two band bill. You know, like I could come and open up while people are still arriving and. They were like, yeah, you know, that sounds cool. Like, we we need help in Nashville, so we'd love to, like, begin this relationship. So we get there, and kind of like what we were just talking about, it's like the nicest venue, massive new venue. And the owner's outside, and she's like, wow, so good to meet you guys. And it's just going great. And, like, we get to sound check, which we've never done before, like, ever. <laughs> it's just like, we're, like, feeling, like, professional. We're like, this is awesome, man. And then... um, on the final song, we're playing Florida, that song that I played earlier, and uh, my guitar starts like messing up. And so I just put it down, hold the mic, and uh, we get to the part with the guitar solo, and I love to like jump in the crowd, and especially like, I don't know, it was like a massive venue. Like, wh- like a huge venue to the point where like the crowd is only taking up a percentage of the floor. And so I'm running around, and I run probably like, 30 yards and jump both feet into the this like brick wall and I'm gonna like propel off of it and uh, the wall is actually made of drywall I found out and it was painted brick and I went like through it my foot like went through it and uh, the venue owner's eyes just get really big and I, I run back onto stage and then they're like they're like okay we gotta talk to this kid and they're like like look if we, we, we're gonna need like a thousand dollars out of you like to pay for this wall and i was like uh and i'm like freaking out i'm like we don't have any money at all you know we're just like broke we're literally just like broke kids making zero dollars every night and uh so we're like man man uh, unfortunately I, I think we're just gonna have to like leave right now and like not have a good relationship with this venue because we can't afford to pay them and uh 
So we're leaving. We're packing up all our gear as quickly as we can. The venue owner's like following us out the door, like asking for money. And we're like, uh, uh, uh. And then all of a sudden we look and our car has been broken into. Our window is busted. And while we're communicating with her about how we have broken the wall of her venue, somebody has punched in our window and stolen my laptop and like some of our gear, like my uh, guitar player's camera. <laughs> and we were like, no. So then she oh like, she just like, all of a sudden sees that and she's like, oh, well, uh, we'll just be in touch. We'll like email you. Yeah. So then she leaves. <laughs> but then we have to deal with this window and uh, couldn't really do anything about it and had to drive, had to like drive to our next city with like just no windows, oh super loud. And then we went to Corpus Christi the next day and after driving like just with earplugs things, it's just so loud. And um, we played this venue, we played this like burger shack and right when it was done, I was like, man, we can finally like, it's been a crazy long past like 36 hours. Let's just go home and get some sleep. And right when I like say that, my credit card just like flies out of my hand and goes through like the cracks of the floor it's like the floor is like made of wood panes and there's like a crack and it falls into it like a paper thin crack into the abyss and uh i lost my credit card oh, no. oh <laughs> and my God. then and then we were like this is terrible and then like out of a movie you just hear <laughs> and we like look up and it just starts pouring rain we had to drive just in the pouring rain with no, no window, window back to the place we were staying and we were just like this is <laughs> oh my god well that's that's the story that, i mean yeah that's what it's for but it's great shout story. out to my cousin mark who took us to a window shop the next day and he's a preacher and the guy who owns the window store goes to his church and was like so excited to see him that he gave us a window for free oh my so god saved like 400 bucks <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sure. so shout out to that window place in corpus christi <laughs> what about the venue Oliver. Shout out to the venue. I think uh, well, I think we're on good terms now. The sound guy reached out to me and he was like, "Hey, sorry about all that stuff." Or he's like, "I think the owner is like chill now." I think actually I heard the venue had to shut down. So oh. hopefully it wasn't because they had a hole in their wall. <laughs> the, wall. the reason actually that we booked Fat Bites at Freeze Fest. The reason I'm on good terms with them is because I actually broke the door there too when I was running around the crowd and I jumped into a door and it shattered. It was made of glass and it completely shattered. Damn. And they were like really upset with me, but then I brought back like I kickstarted. I did like a kickstarter <laughs> and raised like 150 bucks and took it back to them. And they were so thrilled that when I approached them about Freeze Fest, they were into it. Even though I was like somebody who like hurt their property, you know. <laughs> property, yeah. Yeah, I wound up being on really good terms with them. So, hey man, you gotta break a few doors to be on good terms, man. It's like they always say. Um, like on Cosmic House, I've heard. A couple tracks with like horns and sax and stuff. Um, do you have guys that come in and play that, or are those like MIDI sounds that you've? Those are all. It's all. Everything on that album is like yeah, real brass and str real strings. Okay. And I actually play with the brass section sometimes, um, like with Nashville shows. My trombone player got busy when out of the blue, got hit up by. Kelly Clarkson. So now instead of playing with me, he plays with Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I think so. No, that, but happen. there's like no, there's nothing in the middle. It wasn't like he played with me and he also played with this. Or it was yeah. like he literally like played for me and like my friend's band. And then he got this random call. He thought it was a prank. It was like, would you be interested in like touring on a big level? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> no. And then like now he's playing like 
you know, The Voice and late night shows and yeah. S- SNL or whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's nuts, but I don't know. Only in Nashville. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. If you could describe your music in like one sentence or like just give us like an elevator pitch of your music to somebody, anybody off the street. Mm. <clears throat> I tell people it's, uh, I like to say that I'm really inspired by 60s pop. It's just, um, with the way I like write and form my music so I would call it I would like genre classified as like psychedelic 60s power pop or something like that I don't know I also say I really like pizza and fo- pizza parties and uh, pillow forts and blanket forts and outer space and college football and so and the Muppets all that Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about all that put together, wrapped up. Nordice to freeze. Is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, I want the world to know. I want the world to keep believing in love and keep believing in peace and um to respect itself. Everybody needs to respect themselves for the sake of everyone else, you know, and love themselves and love each other. And uh, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for listening to this, whoever listens, and love to meet you. So reach out, keep in touch. Awesome. Want to do one more song? Sure. This song goes out to my drummer's drummer's girlfriend, Gigi. Hey, Gigi, if I buy you smoothie. Something sweet and fruity Will you amuse me? Would you drink it? Hey Gigi You gotta stay in good health Do what's best for yourself And be well Today Oh yeah school sucks but somewhere deep in the rough there's enough left to love hey Gigi yeah you're only 15 but soon you'll be 16 like you were wishing to be Ba-da-ba-ba 
hey Gigi You're transcending my stigma Girl, you're such an enigma I can't figure you out Hey Gigi yeah, I've been investing in your memorabilia Just to prove I really feel you Be with me This mumbo jumbo It fills your head like a puzzle Till you tunnel it out Hey Gigi You gotta focus on the beauty How it flows so loosely Through your smoothie to Musicians Talk with Nordista Freeze. My name is Heather West. Thanks for listening. Ciao.